So here's what I'm doing. I'm uh, right now. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, which which is a lovely city. I have been lovely. I've been to Charlotte, North Carolina, many times. I think good maybe people three, three times. Yeah. Now, listen, listen. Being being uh, a native Texan, I have some thoughts about their barbecue out here. But let's just let's just pretend like that those thoughts don't exist. We'll just take that right. off the table. But yeah, it's a nice place. It's good weather. They're a good city. Everyone here is great. Love this place. So, anyways, I'm going to be coming back to town uh, uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night, and then I'll have I'll have Friday in town, and then 7:40 a.m. as you do, as you were saying, I'm going to be taking a lengthy series of flights to uh, I think it's Riga, Latvia, for the DevOps days. Riga over there, or Riga. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And then like how many flights is that? Is that like a four connector or is that a three connector? It's it's actually not as bad as it could be. I think it's three. Yeah, three. So so you got a this is this is this is uh I won't go too on about this because we've got an exciting we're gonna talk about our first Forester wave here, which I think that'll be well we should have some wave sounds. But I've learned that in the concur booking system, if you can't find the flight that you want, you just book a bunch of separate flights. And then you can get the oh, flight that you want, which I is see. just yes. like so. I've got this flight leaves at seven forty a.m. goes to JFK, Austin to JFK, right? And okay. then from, from JFK, the world's your oyster. You can go anywhere. And right, then, sure. and unfortunately, there's like a four hour layover. Then I take an Air Berlin flight, which I hope they'll still be in operation in a couple of days. And uh, I don't know. That goes to like Berlin and then to uh, to Latvia. Wow. And then wow. and then not to be outdone, Wednesday flying back. Not to Austin, but to Kansas City to speak at DevOps Days Kansas City. So uh, big, big shakes next week. So a couple things before we get into the uh, the main course here is like one. I think the important thing that everyone needs to take away from this trip is you're you're actually going to traverse the barbecue triangle, but mm. in a very odd way, right? You're going to go like so. Austin, <laughs> like a lot of people don't do it this way. So Texas, of course, is really the beef barbecue world. Uh-huh. And then what you're uh, – someone that grew up on the eastern seaboard, what, what you're kind of probably alluding toward about barbecue is like North Carolina much more like a, a sugar pork barbecue oh, kind sure. of a pulled pork kind of thing. And then, of course, Kansas City, we're getting in back into our beef and our ribs, right? Yep, yep. And I – don't know anything about the uh, the, the Latvian in barbecue. La- I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe they have barbecue too. Maybe they have. I, I have no idea. But like I said, I, I will say this is the most unusual barbecue triangle uh, itinerary I've heard uh-huh. of. So uh, try to have some. Uh, maybe you should have some soup in Latvia. Oh yeah, uh, and then just to try something different, and then right back into the beef in Kansas City. We'll see if we can turn that triangle into a square. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Oh man, and then and then after that we're going on a family vacation to Australia and New Zealand. So, uh, so that that will just to complete the craziness because I've I as you can imagine I've been stressing out a lot about this, so it's good to talk about it. I arrive back home at uh, let's let's change the calendar to Central Time. I hope all okay. the listeners know how to change the time zone easily on the calendar. <laughs> That's a core function. They it is. they should be teaching that in middle school. Uh, <laughs> I arrive back home. Scheduled time to arrive Austin touchdown eight fifteen p.m. Central Time. So that's that's sounding good, not not too late, and then we're going to be flying off to Australia Saturday, two forty-five p.m. So wow, wow. hopefully that, that all is, works. That's just I don't know. That's insane. Like I, I was just commenting before we started recording that I thought Matt Ray, our co-host, uh, who I don't know, is just traveling all over the southern and 
I guess Eastern Hemisphere. It's kind of even hard to keep up with that. Uh, I thought I was just saying that I thought he had an insane travel schedule, but this actually may be more crazy. So congratulations yeah. to you. That's that's really why I brought it up is I wanted to uh, I wanted to uh, not upend. What's the word? I wanted to be cooler. <laughs> show up. You want to show up, Matt Ray? Yeah, there on, you go. Uh, show the up. travel. Show up. Yeah. All right. Well, this week you picked out the paper, Brandon, uh, which I think is good. So why don't you why don't you give us a give us the title introduction to it? What do we got in front of us here? So we have the uh, the Forester Wave. Continuous delivery and release automation, Q3, 2017. Well, let me let me interrupt you. I mean, sorry to start off, and then I'll let you get back. I love the promise of so precise a date. I am waiting for the Q4, 2017 wave. <laughs> um, I actually do appreciate them just throwing in the title because later on, you know, and then later on when you're like looking, you're like, now when, like, when was this one yeah. being published? Uh, and it is, it is quite funny though because they, and I guess we should say, uh, I don't know either of these guys, although I feel like I should. It's by uh, Robert Strood, I think, and Chris Gardner. So they published it on August 30th, 2017. So that would be a good one for us. Like, it's kind of, yeah. uh, this is an area that we. We uh, tend to talk about, and you know, f- I would hope we kind of follow. And of course, you know, the wave and the magic quadrant—they are essentially the Super Bowls of, uh, you know, your analyst reports. So, you know, Forrester Wave comes out in an area that we care about. I feel like it's mandatory that we take a look at this paper on this podcast. Yeah. No, I think, and and then also you found uh, this is there's a free edition somewhere of this, right, or freely available. Well, I should say, uh, and as we'll get into, like you know, most of the vendors in the leader quadrant of these uh, various uh, reports will license them. So, as you often like to say, you can uh, Johnny Legion yourself uh, on probably many different sites and get yourself at least a uh, vendor copy of their section, if not the entire report. Mm, exactly. Now, I feel I feel like you probably have participated in several waves before. Is this true? I, I have a lot of scars from the wave process. <laughs> You've and, experienced uh, the undertow? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe we should, like, even before we talk about the report, just say, like, how this works. That's right? exactly so, what my question was. So uh, since, I, since you have participated in them, I want to hear, hear, like, how the wave operates, right? Because there, there's – when you, if you read through it, there is um, – there's some commentary about ones who participated or fully participated, and I even like there's one that I'll that, that's interesting about how Chef. The reason they have Chef in there is because they had some some Forrester customers or something who were using them. So it's almost like Chef did not volunteer to be in it, uh, so to speak. But so so you're sitting there, and someone and someone says, Brandon, uh, we're going to participate in the wave. So no, what, so this what, what is, it actually starts before that. Okay, right? so okay. What happens is, you know, depending on the size of your company, like, uh, but a request will come in from these analysts. Usually, you know, your analyst relations team, or if you're a small company, whoever's handling the analyst relations. So an official email will come in, letting you know that you've been invited to participate in the wave. Right now, this assumes you've participated in the past. Now, if you've never been in it. This is where there will be some discussions. Either you're trying to advocate for yourself to be in the wave or they have selected you to be in it. They want you to participate. So like in this paper came out on August 30th, right? These things start anywhere from six to eight months before the publication, right? So you're really like 
probably six months beforehand, you'll get a heads up. It's going to happen, and you need to start to like get your material together, and then you know maybe the official um, process kicks off like anywhere from 90 to 120 days beforehand because the analysts are going to work back from a publication date, and then you know as you know, Kote, from your experience as an analyst, that. You know, it's not just them writing the report. They have to go through in a whole process of writing the report, showing the report to other people, having it edited. So, I mean, so like it isn't like someone, um, you know, it may not be like, you know, hundreds of thousands of words here, but it is something that took an crazy amount of time for everyone to create. Now, I want to tell you on the vendor side, you know, typically what happens is the report comes in, okay? And then it's like, I'll see, you know, battle stations, right? Like there's a, I mean, most places I've been, there's a conference call. If you're lucky enough to work where everyone's co-located, maybe you just get in a room. And it's like every major function of the company is going to be represented, right? So there's going to be the product marketing people figuring out what's the message, what do we need to talk about, our go-to-market strategy, usually product management representing the strategy, the roadmap. You're going to need sales, who doesn't want to be there at all. Really, no one wants to be there. But sales is like the least um, concerned, right? Because they are obviously busy closing deals, but you're going to need them because they're going to be the people that get you the core references. you got to be working closely with like who can we get, even to the point of like as you're negotiating new contracts, you want to let them know, hey, we've got a wave coming. Can we get these guys to talk about why they bought it? Or you have a services group potentially. You say like, who's our best customers? Who are the guys that have maybe given some presentations on our behalf as well? Going to have some finance people there because they're going to want a lot of financial information in these waves. So it's like, what can we give them? Can we give them information? You know, what's going to make us look good? What's going to make us look bad? You know, clearly executive team. So like, whenever it comes in, like you know, right? Like right away, it is going to be a tremendous amount of work because what also accompanies these waves is a massive, massive Excel spreadsheet, right? Like we're talking on thousands of blank sales cells that need to be filled in. There are usually like anywhere from probably five to twenty tabs, right? And they're like, like strategy, like uh, it's like met, it's like financials, it's uh, functionality. I mean, it just goes on and on and on, right? Where they have thousands of cells that are empty in this massive Excel spreadsheet that they're going to require that you fill out, right? The entire thing. And they make it so that it's almost impossible. They give you like these word counts. They can't be longer than a certain amount of text in a lot of places. You can't change the formatting. And the Excel spreadsheet itself is just like usually assigned one person on the team just to manage the spreadsheet, right? Because when you get multiple people editing the Excel spreadsheet, it just becomes a nightmare, right? Because as we know, Excel is not really that great at collaborative editing. So like that's the first thing you got to do when you're in a wave situation or a Gardner Magic Quadrant. It's kind of the same. It's like first you got to put the the Excel thing up and then you start breaking the tabs out but then you got to assign the guy usually someone who's never been a part of it before because they don't know what they're being asked to do you like you make them (laughs) the point person that has to merge it together that's usually the most junior level position Uh right but even but you have to give it to someone very detail oriented right you can't this is not something you'd be like hey the guy's just like not that reliable like you kind of have to put pressure on them make them feel how you know how serious it is because that's going to be the hellish process of reconciling all this information um, and then, yeah, so like, I, I really think on when vendors see this on, you know, the side of like being one of the worker bees, putting stuff into the Excel spreadsheet it is not fun. No one enjoys it. I have told, I have questioned many, many, many times 
Like I think the information in the actual cells themselves is almost impossible to consume, right? So I, I just question whether these analysts can truly read any of it. And I don't know if they necessarily even want to read it end to end. I think they just like to have certain things in there. And they just, my guess is like over time, they just add cells. They never actually go back and like delete stuff. That's why these things just get so big. So it's a, um, and then of course, so you go through and you do it and like, you know, every company I've been at, like, I mean, this will be like we, you know, this is the kind of thing where you do have the the weekly conference call, everyone going through it, everyone trying to put information in there, everyone trying to read it, a lot of arguing around like, what do we say, what do we not say, what, how do we interpret this question, how can we, you know, best answer it, how do we make ourselves look the best, do we understand what the analyst is is asking, how do we, you know, how do we influence them? If we have questions, you have to go back to them, um, and then of course. In most of the case in Forster, a lot of the Forster guys, I, I find it to be slightly more technical in the sense that they will often want a pretty detailed demo uh, where it's really you're walking through every specific use case. So this is where you got your sales engineers getting involved uh, right. in a specific environment just for this, right? And they're obviously very frustrated because they're often saying, well, these aren't realistic use cases. Why are we doing this? And you have to say, well, listen, you know, this is what we can't change now. We got to do it this way. Um, so, and then of course, like when you get all the information actually put in, then you actually sit down and do this demo, right? It's like, usually it can last anywhere from like 30 minutes to two hours where you're going through painstakingly every single feature they want to see. And again, like sometimes analysts record them. Sometimes I think they just like are on the other end of the phone. They're pretty quiet. Some of them are really active. Like people, analysts with like strong services backgrounds, they'll be in there. They'll be like, you know, really wanting to try try things out themselves. Um, And then of course, you know, you send it all off to the analysts and then nothing happens for like three months, right? They're just just quiet. And then you get the call and they say, okay, we're about to publish it. And they send you the graph, right? So in this case, it's uh, like page, what do they call it? Section 10 in this, on this PDF here, which is on printed page number 10. And they send it to you and they send you just your, your, just your specific rankings, right? Which is, we'll talk about later about what those are. And then, you know, oh, you they, don't, they only have the one dot on the wave. They don't show anyone well, else. They'll some, it depends. Sometimes they'll show you the whole thing, but they'll really only share with you your specific like numbers. Right. And so that's their point of like, it's kind of like your last chance to object. Like if you didn't do well and you're really unhappy then you know you can kind of make your claim or you can ask you know questions but they usually are they try to be they really start off very um very like the email comes across we're only going to address factual errors like like they misspelled a word or something or like they used the wrong product name by accident right that's what they want it to be but it's never like that it's always whoa 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 wait a minute what do you mean like we're not in the top right hand corner why not right and that's how every one of these starts um and then, of course, finally, you know, it comes out. And then, of course, parallel to this whole process is the sales side of the analyst side, right? So you have these analysts doing it, right? And then there's another guy at Forrester who's your account rep, and he's like, hey, you know, thinking maybe you guys want to license this report, right? So they're, <laughs> they're trying to, like, get you to buy the reprint rights, you know, as it's coming out because, you know, especially if you did well or you want to use them in your, your own publications, your own slides, or on your website, right? You have to pay the reprint rights. So, 
you're always in this kind of weird world. Like there's a guy that's really friendly to you, like super, you know, he's your account rep. He's just super pleasant to talk to, right? And he's like, hey, how can we do it? And, you know, maybe you're working together. Maybe you're working a whole deal to get this and some analyst days. And then on the other side of the house is you have these analysts who just, I, I'm sympathetic to them. Like they're talking to all these vendors and they're just tired of talking to them all. And, um, you know, and then, you know, they're sort of, sort of, you know, if you are rating you. So all of that, then eventually the thing comes out. So, I mean, it is a culmination of an incredible amount of time and effort. I mean, like I said, like the vendors on the vendor side, like it's, it's no, not going to be surprised, like a team of like anywhere from three to 10 different people touching a response over a period of, you know, 10 weeks working on some piece of it, not full time, of course, but it's a lot of effort. And then I'm sure the analysts, you know, compiling all these rankings, you know, it's, it's a big part of their job. As well, and another thing I should have mentioned is like, you know, in this case, Alassian is has the infamous gray dot. If you look at it in a Forster way, which is the uh, we chose not to participate thing, which is always a very controversial stat, um, uh, stat, uh, or sorry, a position to take. Like if you're invited into a wave and you don't participate, it can be looked at a lot of different ways. So you know, you always have that that moment. Usually. When you don't participate, it means there's something about the category that you just don't like, right? Yeah, you feel like yeah. for some reason you feel like it's been stacked against you and you don't want to be involved in it. There are other times where I think you just like, I don't have the time and effort to do it. But it usually means – like I don't know Alassian's business well enough here to like say one way or the other. But clearly there's something about being in this that – you know, kind of, you know, they, I, my guess is they feel like they don't want to be here in categorized in this unit. Like they want to be in some other area. So, yeah. Um, but you well, have to also, understand. also, as you know, Brandon, they only have developers at Atlassian. So <laughs> that's right. I don't, well, there I don't is, I mean, it, it is a tremendous this. amount. I have more than once I have wanted to, you know, it's like, it's like a long workout. You're like, I just want to quit. <laughs> you know, I just don't yeah. want to be involved in it anymore. Um, but I don't know. So I don't know what Alassian's... I, I mean, so that, 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 that was going to be one of my major questions or topics is I think it is... Well, first of all, you, you, you answer the first question is, does that gray dot mean what I think it means? And uh, it is... Uh, that is an interesting strategic choice. I don't know if... I mean, it's hard to know, right? I don't know if it's uh, uh, pride or, or neglect or, or probably more a combination of all of those things. But also what you're saying is that it's just like, this is a weird category. I'm not into this, right? Which is like, um, well, get, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to the, the, the meta stuff here and there. But that is like, I, I feel like I need to read this paper several more times because the category is kind of confusing. So well, t- tell me what you think the category is. Like, what, what is well, it? I think this wave, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like we should kind of break it down a little bit because like a couple things about the non-participation. Like one, to my knowledge, I'm gonna, I don't know, but uh, I don't know 100% accurate on this. But like I, I don't believe a vendor has ever been named a leader by not participating, right? So that in itself is just, just a fact, right? Like I don't – in any wave, right? So it's always – you know, so there is kind of this notion of like, you know, people always think it's like pay for play. It's not really like that. It's just more like, are you willing to like give information and build the relationship and, you know, like participate in the process? So, but it is interesting to note, like, as far as I know, like no vendor who's ever been a leader in any of these is like not participated, right? So it would be interesting if like, I don't, I don't know. 
like what would be in what enter- category of enterprise software would be like the undisputed leader has ever just like like nope I don't want to do it right so that's an interesting kind of comment on it then you know in this wave what to your back to your original question is one of the things I noted as as we went through is that virtually all of the the strong performers and I wrote down Microsoft Cloudbees H uh, Hewlett Packard Enterprise VMware all of them were designated as uh, first participants so those are contenders or strong performance right so what that means is like when you have lots of new and I actually think there were some others in there. I think Chef was a first-time participant as well. So w- what that actually means is they are still sort of like trying to figure out this category. Like when anytime you see a wave and it's like there's been one before and there's a bunch of new people for the first time in it, it means the category itself is still kind of undergoing, you know, if you will, the stabilization. Like is it a category? Does it make sense? Like who should be in it? And this is the part, if, if there is like benefit to these things, it's this. It's like the analyst trying to figure out what people are trying to do and kind of, if you will, fence off a product area, like make it logical to them. Like, okay, you know, you said you wanted some type of DevOps. Like that's where I think this is coming from, right? It's like, okay, we're hearing a lot about DevOps, but you know, as we've talked about on, you know, this podcast and probably and certainly software defined talk, right? Like DevOps can mean a lot of stuff, right? There's the culture, there's the tool chain, there's just lots of different stuff. So to be sympathetic to Forrester, I think what they're trying to do here is figure out, all right, what can we offer our customers around DevOps? And they've gone ahead and, and said, you know, continuous delivery and release automation. Um, but like, I agree with you. Like I had a hard time kind of deciphering like what exactly, you know, it means. Cause it's sort of like, to me, it's like this weird, you know, kind of like there's a set of like, kind of like more source code, almost like, um, development yeah. tools kind of merged with, you know, operation tools that we would kind of, you know, munch, uh, lump together with, um, you know, kind of DevOps or continuous delivery. But it feels like this one right now, it does feel a little unnatural to me at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, so as, as, as you were talking, I went back and tried to find the place in the paper to reread it. There, the, the definition, so it's, uh, there's a definition here on page four. And uh, I, I would cut and pa- maybe I should cut and paste it into, into the doc. I keep having this problem where like I cut and paste from preview, and and every like twentieth word it decides to leave out three characters, <laughs> which which is odd. But uh, so yeah, like like so it basically says it's it's what we would think of as a, I think a build pipeline. So your CI/CD thing that automatically builds and 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 uh, tests. I don't, I don't know, though, because there's a big emphasis on packaging everything. There's a lot of talk of packaging. So it's basically like making <clears> – <throat> packaging up the release with all of the middleware and everything that you need. And then the next part is is actually – and this is, I guess, the release management – actually deploying it to production or what have you. and And I think configuring it. And then there's something about configuration drift and rolling back if things go poorly. And so I, I think I realized that I was confused when, you know, no offense or anything, but I saw Puppet and Chef in there and I was like, wait, what does that have to do with like mm-hmm. continuous delivery? I, or, or 
to to put it another way, I thought this was going to be like the you know Jenkins and Friends wave, right? <laughs> right? Which well, I'll tell you. So here's a good shortcut way because I yeah. had the same same thing. Here's a good sh- with, a, with a wave. The best way to like really know what they actually care about is to go to the actual tabular data, right? So in this case, it's it's uh, section eleven, or uh, on the printed page, it'll say page number eleven, and it, it gives you the whole matrix of all the scores, which we can talk about in a little bit. But like the key p- place you want to go here to diagnose these waves is current offering, because what they then list there uh, are yeah. really the five. So this is the most succinct way of what they're basically saying. So so for people that maybe don't have this paper in front of them. I can't believe you wouldn't if you're listening to this. I'll just read them off. So it's like they're, what they really are looking at this is like release package modeling. And so they say that's 25% weight. Moving releases across the pipeline. So that's your pipeline management. That's 25% weight. Pipeline management, they've weighted that as 20%. Pipeline government governance, they've weighted that as 20%. Vulnerability and defect tracking, 5%. And then out of the bot box third-party plugins five percent so like if we really did say like okay what does that mean so now let's kind of like back up and say okay well like like for example like defect tracking i think of jira i think of Atlassian, right i think of that as like probably something they do a lot of and i bet you many of uh foresters customers or clients ask about that so that's like to me is probably why Atlassian was flagged as participating in this. But then maybe Alassian looked at this and said, listen, you know, pipeline governance, pipeline management, managing releases, like we don't really do that stuff, right? Or like we don't think of our portfolio that way. Cause I know they have a broad portfolio, right? Um, and so maybe I don't, I'm not want to speak for them, but this may give you some clue as to like, well, you know, why, like we don't think it's a good fit. And then, you know, Matt Ray's not here. Um, of course, but I think he, you know, I think Chef, right? I think there's some things in here that Chef, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think um, of them as like doing defect tracking, right? Like yeah. I don't think, I don't think Matt Ray would be like, oh, we do that, right? So I think Chef and Puppet, right? That sort of um, set of v- vendors, right, where they clearly are doing a lot of things around the pipeline and you know, in managing releases. I would, I would think they would say something like, that is our core product, right? Like this other stuff. We just don't, you know, we just literally don't do it, right? We don't think it's part of the problem um, set that we're trying to figure out. So, you know, to kind of make this more manageable for our listeners and anyone that wants to figure out a wave, if you're trying to, you know, either a vendor or potentially, you know, an end customer trying to deploy it, first thing you do when you get a wave, find this matrix, read down that current offering. Those are basically going to outline the use cases they care about. And then you specifically, as someone needs to figure out, is like, are these the use cases that you care about? Yeah. And also look at the weighting. Like, so maybe like a chef customer that is just 100% interested in building a DevOps pipeline and, and continuous release, like they just may say that's 100% of what I care about. And these other things are really kind of noise to them. So yeah. you know, I think it's really important, like, you know, and if there was, you know, kind of getting into like maybe recommendations, if there's something we could recommend to these guys riding the wave is to like pull this up earlier, right? Like put this in kind of like the very beginning. Here's what we, this is what we actually looked at. These are the problems we're trying to solve and you cases we're trying to solve. And then you reader can decide if that's important to you or not. Yeah. And, and I guess um, <clears throat> hopefully there's some supplemental material 
because I don't see it in here that explains like what the uh, the criterias are. Criterion, criterias, right? Like, because so so as you're going over that, right? So we got your your favorite category: vulnerability and defect tracking, right? And Chef is given a score of one to five of three, which like I I I guess. So I'm trying to think like defect tracking, like you're saying, maybe it's like bug tracking. I'm pretty sure Chef doesn't have a bug tracking system, which makes me think that like, well, vulnerability and defect tracking must be like, uh, we need to patch something. So like, here's something we need to patch in the overall build you've done, because it could be a vulnerability. And so then the system goes and patches that thing for you, right? I don't know. But uh, I don't think they have a definition of what all these things are. And, And then also... I guess maybe because they didn't participate, like Atlassian doesn't show up in this table, and and Atlassian does have a product uh, Bamboo that's like a this build pipeline, I guess. Yeah, you're which, right. Which, and they do mention to come that's up the product they mentioned. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and so I guess I, yeah, you know, as I as I as I consternate, if that's a word, and look at this more, and we talk about it, like I I kind of understand the category they're coming up with. I mean, it's a little like it's a little weird because they're mixing together. Well, here, here's my thinking. They're mixing together what I would call configuration management because I'm older and then like uh, continuous delivery, right? <clears throat> and hence having something like Puppet and Chef in there, right? And um, and I guess like Ansible from Red Hat. And one, maybe I should be thinking about those things as as continuous delivery, but I more think of them as a component of continuous delivery, right? Like you're still going to need like a Jenkins thing to do your continuous integration, although maybe that's not in here, in which case it's a strangely narrow like thing. Like, like would there be a case where you're thinking, uh, I want to do weekly deploys, so I need to automate my, my builds and my releases. I need to have continuous integration and continuous delivery, and I would really like to use a separate system to do my continuous integration than my continuous delivery, and I don't even want mention of the two of them together, right? Like, if anything, if that was the case... It seems like there would be a a criteria here that was like integrates with continuous integration tools that like it would integrate with that stuff well, but it doesn't seem to I don't know maybe that's in there, but it doesn't really come up and then i guess I guess also to that point, these are only commercial products uh and in fact, that's part of the criteria. these are only things you can buy that they evaluate. There's some point where I think one of the criteria must be that you have like a, a market presence and things like that which which is fine that's a good criteria. So then, so then the next thing was like, uh, oh, I've almost forgotten the next thing. It's right there in front of me. I've just got to grab it and remember it. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, so so I can I can I guess I can see the category that they're making up here. But it it is oh here it is. I've got it. It, it is really odd. And and I think the other thing that makes it that makes that makes this to equivocate apologists and also not liking something as I often do. It is only 20 pages, and as we're fond of saying, it's probably actually like 14 pages of material, <clears throat> if maybe less. So there's not a lot of room for this, but I would have liked to see more discussion of like, so no one's ever used this phrase before. Let's, let, me, let us tell you why we're making this category versus the other ways you might be thinking about things, right? Like you might hear from – you might go to a random DevOps days conference – and hear about a build pipeline that's basically like this. And our stuff is not exactly like the normal thing you would hear about, hear about, or it is or something, but there's no like context to kind of say, 
this is how it relates to all the other stuff you might know about. And then you're all like, CDRA, CDRA. So it is a little, like, that seems like something that's missing. You know, you could add in a few pages to be like, yeah. hey, look, no, I think it's a this is a weird category. Let me tell yeah. you why we have a weird category. Well, you know, the Forrester and Gardner, I mean, they're both the same in this respect. I think they would both say, right, that they are trying to use their client inquiries, right, to help drive, you know, these waves. So that I think they would say, you know, the thought behind this is that they're getting a lot of client inquiries along these specific yeah, areas, yeah. right? And so they've – and this is the place where, you know, they can be the referee. They can say, well, listen, you know, I'm glad that your company – um, so like, let's just, I'm just going to take Red Hat just because, you know, they're really an outlier in this report, but so Red Hat took a zero, I mean, actually a 0.00 on vulnerability and defect tracking. Now Red Hat may just say, they can turn around and just say, this is not a function. I mean, clearly it isn't right. This is not an important function to customers and we're not developing it. And so in this case, I think that the analyst is basically saying is like, well, listen, I mean, I'm glad your product strategy is that. Um, but and they obviously rated pretty low on product strategy here uh, as well. And, and, and so it can be a legitimate disagreement where the analyst is saying, listen, I mean, I understand that you, you believe that, but, you know, we're getting all these analysts or these customer client inquiries around this topic. So if you're solving this problem, you really need to be doing this. And if you're not, then you're really not part of the, um, you know, really offering a competitive product so of course now this is where the vendors can come across and say well listen you know we have a different position and um and so this is like you know over time though what will happen if we watch a report like this one of two things always happens with the report like one the category comes and goes very quickly and it moves to something else because it becomes obvious that these things shouldn't be together the client inquiry stop or over time is the the functionality will actually like all the vendors will coalesce around a core set of use cases right and it'll become very um well understood that like if you're in this category you need to do these things but with so many new entrants into this wave adoption happening really really fast is there still a quite a bit of flux you know fluctual flux fluctuations rather um, in like what's going to be what a core product in this category needs to do, and I think to your point, all the way back to your original question, is it would be very helpful. And there is plenty of white space in this paper where they could have done a couple paragraphs on this is how we got to this set of use cases, and this is why it's important. Yeah. And that would help both the customers and users deploying this, as well as the vendors, right? Being like, oh, okay, well, we at least understand their thinking. Yeah, yeah, and, and and on a positive note, on a related thing, you know, use of space. I think they're, uh, uh, you know, I'm always a sucker for uh, surveys and stuff, and their their use of of selecting from the surveys they have to kind of lay the landscape of uh, of why you would care about this category and the fact that most people aren't uh, most businesses aren't satisfied with like the way software releases. I think they do a great job at that. Like, there's a lot of these, and I, I guess I shouldn't say especially Gartner, but <clears throat> I'm not surprised when like Gartner papers don't really go over these survey number things in in the depth that I would like them to. But here, I think right away they establish pretty well that like you should care about this. Like uh and and not only should you care about it, but according to our surveys, most people don't actually do this stuff, which you know, on the one hand as as I'm saying is good because it gives you a a sense of um I don't know, prioritization, right? Like if this is something that if businesses don't like how how slow people are releasing software and there's a fix for it, which is putting their the what is it, 
C C D R A. Wait, wait, what is it? C D C D R A. Putting C D R in place and you don't have C D R in place, then you should do that. Right. <laughs> right. Now, definitely... on, on, on the other hand, just to like this is this isn't really anything about this report, but like I've watched this category for a while and it feels like for maybe five or six years, depending on which survey you look at, only about a quarter to thirty percent of people have done this. Which, which one uh, is 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 a lot to do about the various surveys, and that it's not the same survey and not consistent, and blah blah blah. You can listen to the five thirty eight podcast for several years and figure that all out, right? About how surveys or whatever. But it also like it also in the back of my mind is always this creeping suspicion that if something is maintaining at 25 or 30% for many years, is it a good idea? <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it just may not be taken. Like, right? yeah. like, is it applicable enough that that much of the market should do it? And I don't think that's the case here, but it is always something to kind of think about when, when a technology seems to, it's like virtual desktops would be the, the, the comical example here, right? Like, it always kind of plateaus out and never really seems to get above a, uh, a certain floor. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I, I do think they have some good survey data in here. I, I will say I was pretty disappointed with just kind of the format here. I guess it's a uh, page two in the printed page, section two in the PDF. Like they have section two, section three, like they have this half page. You know, uh, the heading is operation agility is a key business differentiator. And they have this paragraph that uh, I have to say, I've read it several times, and I, I was just, I just, I just could not really understand what they were saying there. But it's followed by some really solid bullets, like fewer than a quarter of enterprises released monthly. I mean, just stuff that really explains it. And then on the following page, they actually have a nice graphic with all this data. And you know, to me, this is just like all this all should be on one page, right? This is a nice. You know, I'd love to be able to like kind of consume the mm. graphic. I like I like this bullet point format. I think it's really good. It feels like honestly, it feels like a different writer wrote the first paragraph. Like somebody wrote these two bullets, and then someone's like, yeah. "Hey, let's let's put a like an intro paragraph on top of it." And it just, I mean, I don't know. I just got lost. Even like wow. some of these acronyms, like I N percent O, which I determined meant infrastructure and operations. So it's oh, just yeah. a weird I N O. I know. I just. I don't know. I don't see it used that much. Like it's just. I don't know. Like you know, I would just say IT or something. And yeah. I don't know. Really, like I said, I, I think they, you know, that paragraph just needs to be deleted. And then I think you could put if you put all this on one page, I think it actually lays out the problem statement pretty well. To your point, like they have lots of interesting data. Um, and then I'm just kind of like even going all the way to to page four, section four, um, where they inexplicably they have some good data but they just i don't know why they put up this weird world map they kind of just started pasting the yeah the graphics yeah. and it's like again that uh, that's good data that could just be a nice bar chart kind of all on one page you know i guess to me it's just like we're trying to like consume a lot of information everybody is every day and you know here's three pages that could be that have really good information on it that should be one page yeah and could be really condensed and and well written and be a page that really is setting the agenda in the market so lost opportunity good data kind of got lost in the format there well well yeah i think i think you have found and opened a can of worms that i didn't even realize existed here so that's great and first of all just to be clear i think globally everyone can agree that the the meandering 
wordy, confusing style that I have become love for is nothing that I ever need to change, right? So, <laughs> so I don't ever need to be concise or take any of this advice. I, people like what I do. It's very clear, very clear. So, <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> with, with, that, with that dealt with, uh, so one, let, let, let me start in reverse order. <clears throat> Having put together stuff like this before and, and consumed it as, as much as you have over the years, I, I, let's, let's go in the reverse order. I would agree. Figure two. This is, this is, a, this is a, uh, uh, interesting, but this is problematic in the flow. This is what I'm sure if anyone studied writing for more than uh, a semester, you'll hear this thing. You have to kill your darlings, right? And, and I have to admit, as I was disclaiming, this is one of my most difficult things. There are, there are so, I was just deleting a wonderful joke about uh, world trade organizing protesters breaking McDonald's windows from one of my register write-ups recently. And I was like, this is so painful to delete this, but I just need the space. So uh, I often think I should save these for, for other stuff, but it's just um, – I don't think anyone would get that. It wouldn't be funny to them. I throw in like an ad busters joke every now and then, and I think that just uh, goes nowhere, just into the black hole of all those hippies <laughs> I used to hang out with. So this chart, right? So there's a couple things going on here. Clearly, there is a presentation that they're sourcing material from, right? Uh, you got that in figure one here, right? I mean, this is made in PowerPoint, obviously, right? And, and uh, figure one shows that the business has low satisfaction. Most people have manual approvals. And uh, they put it in the negative way. Um, Two-thirds of people don't have automation tools. So only 33% of people are automating their builds or something. Obviously, this is a slide, right? If you went to some sort of Forrester conference, they would have a session on this. You would see this slide. So that's fine. And I agree with you. Like, I don't know. I, I am always on the fence about this. But I think... You could probably just go with the slide, right? Like, like you could write like, people aren't satisfied with this as the below shows, and kind of use the slide as your main thing. Or you could just take the slide out altogether. Like that, that might be an instance where, like, I think the text is pretty good. You probably don't need the slide. And then I always, I always wish that the people who uh, let's do our my my check is always what did they what did they work on this in Adobe InDesign, the leading <laughs> software for analyst PDFs. So I, <laughs> I always hope that the people doing it would see that gigantic white space on page three and be like, we should do something about that, right? Like the only reason this gigantic – in fact, they have a whole page dedicated to this figure one, this PowerPoint slide, and they waste all that space. It's insane. They could have taken figure two and shrunk it a little bit and jammed it up on that page. you know. But anyways – so that's part of what's going on here is they got these slides and they want to use them or they're making slides and they need to use them. Now, you might also think that like they're providing these slides for readers to go use in their presentation, which is kind of OK. But then we come back to figure two. So figure two, what is this trying to show? This is trying to show two cuts. So you look at this and it's got a globe on the left side or, or a, uh, a flat map that isn't like balsamically and projected or whatever. So it's the one that has everything distorted. I, I don't remember what that's called, obviously. And then and then you've got the business size cut. Very small, small to medium size enterprise. And I don't think <laughs> with, any with some strange looking clip art. Yeah, right, yeah. Next to it. Small ones are basically like a uh a fruit stand, a bodega. <laughs> and a small to medium is like a, a factory. 
Exactly, exactly. And then Enterprise are, are built, uh, skyscrapers, three of them clustered together. And I, I don't know, maybe in the methodology they define what those terms are, but this is something that you learn when you're consuming a lot of analyst data uh, for your own, is like you always want to know the exact breakout of, of these sizes. Because at one point, IDC's category was very small, was 0 to 99 people. Sm small to medium was, of course, 100 to, if I remember correctly, it was something like 4,999 or 999. And then Enterprise was, we'll just say is like 5,000. Enterprise was 5,000 people and above, which more or less for Enterprise concerns means that it's completely useless, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like Home Depot and J.P. Morgan Chase are both large enterprises, but one of them has 19,000 developers who work at it versus not 19,000 developers, right? And, and like, you know, you could even compare like a Pivotal or an, I, Pivotal or, or an IBM. Pivotal's like 2,000 people or so now, and IBM's like, I don't even know, 600,000, 400,000? <laughs> like something crazy, right? So anyhow, I could go on. But this the, the data here has some utility because – what is it even saying? Release velocity of monthly – oh, right, right. It's trying to say – not that many people can deliver code on a month or less. And the one astounding fact is that for some reason, large enterprises can more than anyone else. I don't know. Like, it's a weird thing to have in there. I don't know what you do Right. With that. Well, I think you're hitting on a couple things here that are a lot of my pet peeves around this stuff. Like, one, I understand. Like, they're definitely pulling from slides. But, again, this paper and the amount of people spending money on reprint rights, like, if you've worked, and I've definitely worked with, like, you know, people that are like laying things out for print, right? It's a different discipline, right? You don't, and it, I think the amount of money that is being, time and effort on everybody's part, right? That you should be able to create graphics in this case, if you need them, that are, you know, more conducive to PDF print style, right? It's not asking that much for them to like kind of laying graphics and, you know, kind of have call outs and have text around it that, you know, it's just this, I just look at it like this is just the ultimate form of laziness, right? You're just cutting and pasting slides in there. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like it just doesn't seem, you know, again, given the level of uh, of uh, how much money they're asking yeah. people to for these reports, right, that like they can take the time to create some custom graphics that are very specific to this. And like, sure, they can always use these and provide their presentation in PDF and provide kind of these like uh, these nice um, – Whatever you want to call them, like um, uh, just lost the name for the anyway, like web web style graphics um, that people can use for other things. I mean, I mean, in fact, if anything, that would be great to like at the end just have a bunch of this stuff kind of like ready yeah. to go. Yeah, and, right? and 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 um, just to interject on that, like I I forget, I think Forrester might do this, but definitely IDC and Gartner, if there are figures in their PDF when you go to the behind the firewall page, often. You can download the PowerPoint that has all the the figures in it natively, right? So they are cognizant of that being like a thing people want to use. Yeah, and I think you know just to just you know really hammer this home. I mean, the last point we have to make on it, like you know, page five. Um, I don't know what it is it's called sample release package. I don't know figure three. I mean, this is just awful. I mean, this is just not no, even. Don't get trying, me started. Right? I mean, this, this is this, this is almost three quarters <laughs> of a page, a column that has like. Three database looking layers, followed by just like some big like I guess like le like white space letter app thing. It's not even an app icon. It's like this 
is not even a good PowerPoint slide, right? You know, and this isn't even something that you would want to use on a PowerPoint because it's like, you know, blue on blue. It's hard to read. It doesn't really tell you what you're looking at. Um, so this is, I mean, if you really want to be negative, and I guess I'm going there, right? It's like, hey, these guys know everyone's coming for page 10, which is the wave graphic, which they have just buried. You know, that's a whole other topic we can get on in a minute. Um, and it's like we're just going to like put in the most random filler for 10 pages, right, um, that you may or may not read with graphics that are frankly like just reused and poorly fit this kind of style of document. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, well, I'm just I, disappointed I, in it. I, I think I think, I think it's, it's worth, if only because I enjoy it, perseverating as my mother would say, a little bit on, on this point, because it's, it's an important point that's easy to overlook. And, 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 you know, these graphics things and white space. And that is, I think ultimately, I don't think it's really like the analyst fault, so to speak. They're not the ones who would fix this. Like, I think it's the, the, the production people who should sort of catch that this looks kind of weird, right? And for for example, right, just as I was suggesting, I mean, uh, you know, the people who are working in InDesign, they can't really comment on the content very much. I've, I've seen people try to do that, and, and it's it's always, like, so nice when they try, but it doesn't really work out because they always, like, are like, this seems really, like, complicated text, and maybe you could simplify it more, and you're like, it's fucking computers. Of course it's complicated, <laughs> right? Like, right? Like, I get paid to do only this because it's complicated. So, like, which that comes off as sounding kind of arrogant, but it's just sort of like, well, yeah, it's necessarily complicated, and you have no idea how simple this actually is, right? Like, you come to, like, me and Brandon will read this paper, and like, this writing is perfect. I just think this is weird, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> like anyways, uh, but, you know, you could have just moved those those two charts together on one page, and that would be fine. And, like, whoever they're – I don't know if they're called production people, but they should just sort of, like, catch that. And um, – I often fall prey to this, right? Like, I I think I would probably be lazy and just... I probably would say, like, could we put these on the same page? And then if someone said no, I would be like, I've forgotten what I asked last week in the first place. So I would just neglect it. But, you know, in some of the, the papers, the white papers I've worked on recently, I wasn't even expecting this, but the, the page design people came in and they would, like, <clears throat> make totally new graphics, which was astounding. I mean they would do new versions of the graphics, but they would format them around more and actually change them around to look better, which, which I think is yeah. Well, I mean, to, I to, your, to your to... point of it being a primary asset. Like maybe you don't do that on every report, but you could do it here. And then, and then to wrap up, yes, this, this figure number three. So figure number three, first of all, everything we just said takes up lots of space. Uh, so that's the first thing. The second thing is like, and then this is not even a good graphic for cutting and pasting into a PowerPoint slide. Because it's, like, all fucked up, right? Like, it's all vertical. You can't put it in a 16-9 HD ratio slide. Like, you're going to have to find some text to put on the other side, and that's just kind of embarrassing, right, so, to balance that out. And then also you got to shrink it so it fits, like, in there. So you could easily fix that by just putting it in a horizontal thing, right? That would be fine. Also, there's a lot of white space in this application version A1 label. That's bizarre. Um and and I'm I'm a little more sympathetic, I think, than you about what they're trying to show here, right? They're trying to visualize, we've told you everything that's in a package, and here's a visualization. And I think I think what I would what would make it 
perfect or more perfect is if, one, they took away all that white space of that post-it note they have there. And then maybe next to it on the right side, they had an example application of what that would be, right? Because it's sort of like if you stare at something like this too long and, and a lot of the stuff that that I do and we at Pivotal do kind of falls into this trap. You know, we're all like, you should have 12-factor applications and all this stuff and, and container stuff. But it's sort of like you stare at it and you're like, okay, so what you're telling me is that any given piece of software has to configure the computers it runs on. It's going to have some middleware that it uses and then some configuration. And then so, like, where's the new idea you want to tell me? <laughs> right? Like, it's it's just an example of, like, that's what computers do. And so I think if they had some examples that walked through it and kind of discussed why this is a novel or new concept, like, how is this different than a golden image or something like that? And then it would also fit on a slide nicer. But, yeah, that uh, the, the people doing the graphics in here were a little uh, – Maybe they had to get off to Labor Day or something. But <laughs> well, to your point, like I mean, I I don't we don't know the whole process, but I know most of these analyst shops they clearly have, um, you know, like production and you know certainly people read you know reading and writers involved and and I I've worked with many you know graphic artists right and this is this is usually like how you start right you do send them some graphics that maybe you made and you don't even they don't even have to come back and change anything they just kind of come back with different versions that are laid out and you know that's that's really not asking much from again a report that. Kind of going back to if you've got 15 vendors that each spent you know a month with 10 people working on uh, a, a demo and a very long analyst response to you know these long spreadsheets that like hey yeah these guys should be these are absolutely the places that a they should have a graphic designer go through and just make the graphics look better make the layout better right I mean we should demand that stuff otherwise you're just kind of left with Okay, here's the big, you know, quadrant wave picture, and then if that's all it is, then yeah, you know, I mean, that's maybe even a different argument. It's like maybe they just cut out the ten pages and just be like, here's the wave, here's the diagram, here, here here's the <laughs> yeah. diagram, here are the vendor write ups, here are the scores, and like just be done with it, right? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I, th- I think drop as we the just, pretense I, as we discussed for this one, they 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 need a little explanation of what's going on. Like if you were doing. Uh, like infrastructure as a service, you could probably get away with that because everyone would right. be like, I, I know what that is. And yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah. Yeah, it, it is kind of short. I mean, now that we're going over it for being such a uh, a big document, I'll have to go look. The Magic Quadrants are usually a lot longer, right? Magic Quadrants are usually like 40 pages or so, if I remember. They yeah, have. I think they're kind of on the order of this as I, well. I guess if, I mean, they ha- if they have a lot of vendors, they can just go on. Yeah, I mean, well. the vendor, well, the, the, the vendor summaries at the end, I mean, this is another area where you know what happens is like they write this up, they send it to the vendor, the vendor edits it, and then it comes back. And you know, I, was, I read them all back. You know, this afternoon I read through all of them, and you know, I just don't. I you know, and maybe this is it's really more like an appendix. Like I don't. It's just not meant to be read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top to bottom, you're just like because like by the time you get through the first page, you just there's so much jargon and like product name that you just literally forget like which thing goes with which. So. So in that case, I'm not. I'm not. I get it. I think it's just nice for here. It's like, hey, if you're interested in a vendor, you can go down and like read their section. But reading it can, you know, from top to bottom, probably not very useful. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Well, to to uh, to to do the bread part of the shit sandwich some more, since we've been focusing on the innards of the sandwich a bit. Like, oddly enough, that one paragraph that that you didn't like, I thought that was a fantastic paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 now now I'm gonna have to go reread it again because you know because you you know what's going on and and I, I it makes me wonder one 
Maybe people don't actually like my ambiguous, wordy, vague, crazy style. I should I should look into that. But two, I think also like I've probably I feel like I must have written this paragraph at least twenty, if not fifty times in the last ten years. So maybe I'm just like looking at it from those eyes where I'm like, ooh, how are you gonna compress into this is actually probably like two paragraphs, but how are you gonna compress into two paragraphs everything? Like they don't even mention Uber or Netflix, which is astounding. But like, how do, how are you going to talk about like you have to completely change the way you're doing software? I don't think they even say DevOps. Like, I mean, it's quite a feat from that standpoint. But they basically just lay out, you know, like, hey, you should do a better fucking job at software, right? And and mm-hmm. it is, uh, I don't know, the, the the walk they did the first time I read it, it seemed satisfying. But uh, but yeah, I'll have to see. Well, it. some and, of and this, then, and then know, also also I and O I and O is one of the funniest phrases because I think both Gartner and Forrester use it, which is which is I refuse to accept it. I think, but I you know here's a little test. Like maybe this is um, and this is for the listeners. You can kind of determine who you are, what kind of uh, how you like to consume information. Like I am. I am um, prefer bullets over yeah. long text, and I always have. And I'll tell you, like I don't know if you. I want your take on this, but like in the very first page, it's the why read this report and they go through and they're, they're outlining what it is. And they say they identified the 15 most significant vendors. Right. And then they, they literally, they take and just, uh, I guess using the old M dash there, they use the M dash and they go and they just full on list all 15 and just kind of like textual <laughs> uh-huh. uh, order. Right. And uh-huh. then like in the world, in my world, that's a colon. I don't ever use the M dash. I don't ever really quite understand <laughs> it. That's a colon followed by a bulleted list, right? Cause yeah, it's like, yeah. That's what I want to see. I just want to see like who's in this, right? Um, and then and then and as you go from left to right, and then you can on the key takeaways they kind of call out who won like right away. So this could, like to me, it's like gosh, like this is just this is just screams for like a, like here were the here were the players. Here are the results, right? And like, it's just like that's the way this should be. But um, I don't, you know, I'm I I'm fully admit, like I'm a scanner. I like lists. I like look for them. So I mean, you you may be, uh, and I do know your writing style a little bit. Like you know, you, you like to you like to wrap some words around things. So I mean, maybe the, wrap some I, words assume, around things. That's right. <laughs> and assume, um, you know, maybe the other, you know, you you may know how the M dash works, and maybe our readers out there prefer the M dash long Ugh. list. But uh, you just have to decide who you are. I'm I'm a colon guy. Like if if it's if there's an M dash in it, I didn't write it. Yeah, if there's yeah. a colon in it. I, I probably could have had a hand in it. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I think. Well, first of all, first of all, for, to address the most trivial thing there, not that they're all trivial, but like I, th- I think the M dash, the M dash is is perhaps the most artful piece of punctuation you can. I don't know how it is in other languages and the English language, and I won't speak for the British because they seem to have lots of opinions uh, in American English, right? American English is like this great everything of of language you can just do whatever you want and and the m dash is like no one really knows how the m dash operates it's very complicated not only do they not know how the m dash operates they don't know if it's a hyphen an in dash or an m dash and once you're talking about like typesetting it's just it's you've lost like it's it's not that you've lost we've all lost like there should be no discussion about <laughs> writing that's based on like what's what you know that person in uh in uh, what's that old West show where they curse all the time? Whatever that journalist had to do, like with his like trays of type, like that just should not ever enter our minds ever again. So, two spaces after a period, no, 
Don't do that, right? But so an M dash is sort of like if you can figure out and be comfortable with an M dash, I think if anything, it just sort of like it's a it's kind of like a flourish. It's it's something fun to do. And I think now, I think maybe in fiction writing, M dashes are a whole other story because you just use it for pacing and pausing and like parenthetical interstitial things. So you can mix it up there. But yeah, M dash is very problematic. Now, now to your point here, this is getting down to the weeds. I think I think that that sort of list of things is a little odd because then all of a sudden they have the same list just like a right, centimeter back over. to back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it is it is it is a little strange. Like I see like you wouldn't put bullet points here because, you know, your why read this report has to be some size. And then there's a the question of like, is this some search engine optimization stuff or what's going on? But like they handle it over there, so you could just chop that part out, not not have an M dash. Now, you know what you should look for, Brandon? You've got to find some sentences that contain all three that will have a semicolon, a colon, and a dash. Wow. If you can that's find some of those, that's if you if you find those, you're reading Charles Dickens novels. <laughs> well, maybe that's where I, I just don't like. I'm actually in the middle of uh, – I think some of you originally recommended it's, uh, the Southern Reach trilogy. I'm in, like, oh, yes. in the middle of reading that thing, so it's, yeah. good. it's a good trilogy. Anyway, we won't get on that, but uh, – like there, you know, I and in just in fiction in general, like I'm sort of like expecting like longer, complicated, you know, text and like something that's really making the mind work. And so I guess when I ran into that first paragraph and page, I just kind of felt like, like you know, like are, did we just did I just flip into like a different book? Like yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I thought yeah. I was no, no, that's I true. I was just scanning through for information, and this is sort of like I like got <clears throat> metaphors and just like a lot of footnotes. It's so, just so really you know, dense. You know, you know, know it's on, like on that, not on, ready for that. On that point, maybe that's why I appreciated it a lot is because it's almost not needed right like like for the overall paper like we don't need to hear you know grandpa's story about why digital is important right like we all we all get that at this point right this isn't 2009 we understand um and yet it's sort of like you got to have that in there I, I or or not i mean this is the struggle like i'm emoting it right now is like oh do you take this paragraph out like can you expect your readers to go in here cold and be like, I don't understand. We use rational rows. What's your problem, right? Like, like, do you have to like make this little trail of breadcrumbs? And uh, I don't know. I guess obviously, I always feel like I have to. Whenever I start some big ponderous piece, I need to have like at least a sentence that's like, we can all agree we need to suck less at software. Um, and it feels like they did this in perhaps the to use a funny phrase, the maximal concise way possible. <laughs> <laughs> right like they have the exact the exact minimal amount that they would need to make this point but i think i think maybe you're right is it is a little like you don't necessarily gonna, you don't need I to just, have just this for walk. The listeners here i'm just going to read one sentence like faster delivery alone merely leads to customer disappointment when the software delivery process is substandard deferring to velocity without quality oh, right like it just what a line. like okay it just like that feels like a little overwritten right like you know it feels yeah, like the speech yeah. right like i get it maybe maybe the copywriters like listen i want to like you know want to use some different skills here you know i want to get beyond what i'm doing today but like that sentence is just like you know it's a little overwritten for what we're doing like yeah, now this yeah. is like a different thing and we're giving like a speech 
and you know and we you know velocity without quality feels like kind of like a, a campaign slogan in the works like okay maybe maybe that will workshop that <laughs> velocity right? without I'm in quality. the middle when i'm in the middle of the wave i think we can just say like Companies need to deliver software faster, right? We could just say it and yeah, move on, yeah. Right? No, that, that, I think I think I think that's probably the right call. I mean, it is. It is. I remember reading this. It is a bit abrupt. You you kind of read the summary, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Today's customer has never had more power." Oh, really? And then is that a, is that a colon followed by an uppercase B? Now I don't know the rules on that. Uh, today's customer has never had more power. Colon brand loyalty has given away to customer loyalty. There's a lot to think about there, but right. it, it is. That begs the question: like, feels like a semicolon there, right? And like, why is it capital? But I was like, I don't know, because like, we are in some dense grammar and we're in some dense text for a fourth yeah, grade. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I think, I think, I think for this paper, I'll, 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 I'll agree with you. This, you put this off on your, uh, your pegboard. Use this somewhere, somewhere later. It's good stuff. Yes, you do. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's you, you. could just jump right into it. You could just be like, you know, you can. In fact, you use a stat down there. You could be like, sixty-four percent of companies are dissatisfied with how fast they can release software. You just jump right to the bullet points, and then uh, then you're off to the races. But it is, it is. If 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 the listeners there, just to to reiterate, if if you've ever been challenged with like boiling the ocean down to your specific point, this paragraph does that. And uh, arguably, maybe in this context, it's not the best place to do it. And maybe it has a, a colon followed by a capital B, which I need to go look that up. See, see, maybe that's how they do things up there in, uh, up there in New England. But uh, I don't know. It accomplishes that mission, which maybe is not called for here. You don't you don't want to you don't want to go like, you know, go on some sort of military mission and send someone who makes a really good sandwich. Doesn't really, doesn't really fit. Be like, that was a really great sandwich that we ate while we were being sniped at. Can we agree on that? <laughs> uh, well, I think I think we've uh, you know aside from the actual content, Brandon, I think uh, I think we've gone over this. What do you, what? How, how do you think the wave turns out? What what do you think of that? Figure five. Yeah, I think figure five at the end, right? I you know, it's a, I would call this one like a wave in process, um, yeah, in the yeah. in its own maturity, right? It's like clearly there have been some vendors that are around, and you know, in this case, like obviously I work for IBM, so I'm, I am excited to see IBM did well in this one, um, and that's good news. But I also think, you know, with so many, and as I mentioned before, with so many new entrants into this, like this wave is going to undergo some significant changes over the next yeah. few years. Hopefully, IBM, you know, just because I work there, hopefully they continue to do well, but. Um, you know, and this is probably the biggest takeaway from all these things. It's like everything's just a point in time, right? Like this is sort of what it is now. Companies are going to be bought. Companies are going to be sold. Categories are going to change. So like everything in life, right, don't don't take this in isolation, right? Don't use this in isolation. Now, I think it's probably a pretty good short list, right? Like if you want to just quickly like, okay – like who are all the people we should talk to? And then you looked at those use cases and you kind of figured out what you thought was important. I think that would be a good use of this wave, right? Yeah. I think that would be very valuable. You know, the other stuff, like I said, like next year it'll look different. A lot of the text in the scores, we won't go through them all. Like I wouldn't get too wrapped around the actual matrix of scores. I think there's a lot of false uh, sense of um, – what is it? Accuracy? That's not the right word. Oh, I'm trying. Precision. False sense of uh, precision, you know, going out to two decimal points on a lot of these <laughs> yeah, very, yeah. very um, subjective things. So I wouldn't get too worried about that. Um, but again, short list gives you an idea of people who to talk to, 
helps the vendors understand where they stand. So from that part of of uh, the wave, you know, mission accomplished. Yeah, yeah. To your point, it looks like uh, when it comes to pipeline governance, Puppet gets a point eight score. So, <laughs> so there you have it. Don't know what to do with that. But point eight, not a one. Point eight. Yeah, yeah. That is. Uh, Huh. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I think, you know, and, and I think I think somewhere it does say this is like a new category they have. And it I don't know if it's the case here because I don't actually know this this market very well to know if it's the case. But I don't know. Maybe this is whatever bias. But I always get suspicious when there's a lot of uh, very mature companies that happen to be the leaders. Like, not to say that none of them should be. Right, like you know, I I I used to know the uh, the urban code stuff that that IBM has, and I think a lot of this was based on, and and I think the stuff that CA has, like, is is relatively new and 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 legit and everything. And I guess Microfocus has something, but but it it is like it reminds me of the, um, you know, maybe this is a memory I made up. I need to go look this up, but I remember the very early infrastructure as a service magic quadrants. And they were just like wacky, right? Like I think Amazon was was always on there, but there would just be like all sorts of other things that were clearly not in the same category. And eventually they faded off and uh, you had actual cloud stuff there. So that is probably a good provisio to have, which as a vendor, just to close out, like it's, I mean, I'm sure the cloud bees people are like, what the fuck, right? Like this is, this is our thing. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, why are we down here? This is, and, and then, and then, as you're going over sales stuff, I was thinking jokingly, like, of course, salespeople don't want to get involved in this, but if you're not ranked really high, then they're going to want to be involved oh, in yelling at you. Yes, right? they will. Yeah, and yes, you're like, where, where were you six months ago? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is living my life right there, my yeah, friend. Living yeah, my life. Yeah, uh, people get all wrapped up on that. Well, you got anything else you want to uh, to say here? I think no. I think it's good. I think I think we've uh, hit on all the all the, the the big points. I think we should just say like, hey, appreciate. Uh, I think we got some feedback last week from um, someone wrote us some a nice uh, comment. I can't remember what they said now, but oh, I remember yeah, it yeah. being uh, very very uh, helpful. It was. It, it was. It was very encouraging. Saying saying that they they actually left two comments. It's like they left one comment. They're like, I got some more to say. So so that was nice. And then also, uh, I guess last week we had our, our free episode that actually resulted in a lot of new signups. I'm I don't know if that's causation or correlation. <laughs> Is that did right. I use those terms right? But right. I'm I'm just gonna go for causation. Just like yeah, you why know, not? Let's just roll with it. Just finger of God to creating light out of darkness. Causation type <laughs> of situation there. I assume his finger was involved or her. I don't know. Uh, anyways, so that was nice, but, but, you know, so, uh, this one will not be free, but, but as always, it's been the, uh, the software defined talk white paper exegesis podcast where we, uh, we describe a lovely paper like this. I think, I think the summary of this one is as long as you understand that it's a new category and things will shift around and, you know, all of our complaining about the page formatting and stuff that, you know, it's got some like as I think as you were saying this, Brandon, it's, it's got some good use cases in there, and probably is a good start for putting together a short list if you're those sixty-six uh, percent of people who don't seem to do this. It's it's a good place to start, and also probably free if you lead gen yourself. But it's not. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's going to make you like super smart on the category. You probably will need some additional consulting and ferreting around to find out about it. But it'll give you a baseline. So. Uh, if you probably, I mean, you, I guess you're already subscribed to this podcast, so you know where to find it. Thanks for contributing. 
And uh, if you want to see our regular podcast, you know it's over at softwaredefinedtalk.com. You can leave us a comment here, there, whatever. Write us on Twitter. And if you have any recommendations for uh, white papers or presentations, or we haven't done a press release yet, we should find a press release, uh, a press release to go over. You know, we'll look at it from the uh, the makers and consumers eye at the meta level, and uh, you know, just talk about the actual content for only a few minutes because who cares about that part? That's that's uh, that's for suckers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see everyone next time. Bye bye.